This is Fiberside Chat, a 3GIS podcast, bringing you the latest practices in the world of fiber networks and plus architecture. Hello, this is James Kent for Fiberside Chat, and today is all about GIS and what the latest developments are within the telecom industry. Joining me today is Julia Tepley. Julia is a product solution specialist with 3GIS. She's been in the telecom industry for close to 10 years, and she's worked on several major fiber network design projects utilizing GIS. Julia, it's great to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Hi, James. Thank you for having me. Now, Julia, what's got you excited about where geographic information systems are headed right now? Sure. Um, Well, GIS has become the standard right now for fiber network design. Um, It's allowing telecom companies to quickly scale their projects across multiple markets and vendors, as well as increasing their speed to market. So I'm currently um, involved with a large scale fiber network design um, that spans across 70 markets and over 20 different vendors. What Uh, has allowed for this program to be successful is having GIS at the center. And what I mean by that is all input is controlled and standardized by the business. Um, They determine what features, attributes, and relationships are stored in the database and made available to the users and vendors. Um, So therefore, vendors across each market all have access to these same standardized templates with GIS, their design platform, um, to be able to produce consistent networks designs across the nation. I want to get back to that in a second, but you received your degree, uh, your college degree in GIS. What got you interested in GIS technology? Honestly, I've always had a passion for geography um, since I was young, um, learning about the different countries and cultures. Uh, But it really wasn't until I took an intro course in geography in college that I even heard the term GIS. I was also taking a careers course at the time, uh, trying to figure out what I did want to do with my life. And uh, I used this course to research GIS. In doing so, I think like many others, I was pretty surprised to find out how much GIS was already very much present in my daily life um, and how many different industries were already utilizing GIS. Ultimately, I chose GIS because of this, not necessarily knowing what I wanted to do with it, um, but also knowing that I would have a lot of choices for um, potential career paths after college. With that being said, I never would have guessed I would have ended up in the telecom industry, but I'm certainly thankful for how things played out. Well, now you have a decade of experience under your belt. What have you seen in the past 10 years in terms of GIS technology and the role in which it plays in the business environment? Mm, A lot. So I worked for a large engineering firm um, in their telecom division for about six years. When I first began um, there, they still had what I refer to now as maybe kind of a, an old school mindset or approach to network design. They were still using AutoCAD and MicroStation. Um, essentially, everything was designed manu- manually and all of their deliverables were just on paper. So starting off, there were only about five of us on the GIS team. 
um, with a company of over 10,000 people. Wow. <laughs> and initially we were focused um, just, you know, on high level designs for new business proposals. We weren't really getting into the weeds on any projects that they were already working so it wasn't really until we landed a project for actually Google Fiber where I started to see this mindset start to shift within the company. With Google Fiber, um, this was the first project where all of our designs and deliverables were required to be in GIS format. And with such a small team at the time, um, many of us had varying knowledge um, or expertise of fiber design. Um, so we didn't really have the means to fully support this project at this scale. Um, so that's actually when um, we approached 3GIS for their GIS product and services to, to support our design. Now, this transition certainly didn't happen overnight. On the one hand, we had engineers with 30 plus years experience in the network design, um, but no background in GIS. And then you had the GIS team, where we were now considered the experts in the 3GIS application, but with far less design expertise. Um, so we really had to work together to bridge this gap between the two teams through training and education. Can't tell you how many times, you know, we use the analogy, a line isn't just a line. Um, it's comprised of di many different attributes and relationships um, that have to be in place for a complete network and just to tell the story of your design. So you're saying what you found is a lot of these engineers that had been doing things a certain way for many, many years are now having to you know, rethink and get training to become uh, more proficient in GIS technology. Correct. Yes. I mean, they're absolutely an expert in network design, but the technology was still very foreign to them. So that's where we were somewhat of consultants for the engineers um, on how how GIS was used for design. So you mentioned this one project. Is this something that now we're seeing more and more where uh, the marketplace is specifically looking for GIS technology? Absolutely. I believe it is the industry now. These projects are starting with GIS as their basis now and growing. I'm no longer seeing, you know, CAD present in these projects. Could you elaborate a little on some of the advantages that GIS is providing to these companies? Sure. So definitely automation. GIS is very adaptable, scalable. And because you're establishing a baseline for design um, using GIS, automation is then able to take place. So um, we've done a lot of high level and even low level design automation um, because it's been made possible by having these standardized GIS inputs. Um, you can customize GIS not only for design, um, but now that you have that as your foundation, you can use it for other business needs um, by feeding the GIS data into other business platforms used for management and reporting. We're starting to hear more and more about 5G, but I don't think a lot of people have experience with it just yet. Uh, and to take us back to the beginning of our conversation, you're starting to talk about this project that you've been working on, and it's a 5G project. And I was hoping now you could expand a little bit about that project. 5G, you know, 6G, the, the telecom industry is honestly evolving faster than they can build it. Um, but that's really what excites me about this industry. So um, as I mentioned previously, um, this 
fiber network design, it's nationwide. Um, again, over 70 markets, 20 different vendors. Um, and what has made this um, successful is how the business, how the client has been able to keep um, all of these inputs by the different vendors so standardized to build out this network and not only build out this network, but expand um, on this network and also be able to maintain it as well um, because you can continuously build on the database um, that is driving it. So you're going to have your 5G, it's going to exist there, but then they're going to gradually bring in 6G and they will always have record in their system of where these designs lay. Seems like there's been a large gap between the 4G and the coming of 5G, but it sounds like from what you're saying, they're recognizing that you already have to lay the foundation for the next generation and that maybe it'll be an easier transition to get to 6G. <laughs> Absolutely. So when we're when we are designing this 5G network, we are already planning for 6G. We are already leaving um, additional conduit and fiber cable to expand upon the network um, when that time comes to build it out more. What are the biggest challenges do you find in a project like this? Challenges would be um, probably just it's it's a large client you know a lot of people have different wants and needs so determining you know what is truly most valuable to the business um, to get again this speed to market that is sometimes debatable you know you have um, engineers saying one thing you have construction saying another so just having all of those groups aligned keeping that consistent communication and knowing um, what is truly important to add into your design is, is probably the biggest struggle there. It's kind of a butting of heads at times. Now, with a project of this scale, um, and obviously the time sensitivity, everybody wants it done, you know, yesterday. How does uh, the current state of affairs with the pandemic, how does that play into the project? And what what, what are the challenges there? You know, from my perspective, I think that a lot of it has remained the same because a lot of this work that GIS allows for you to work remotely. If anything, I believe that pandemic has actually improved communication among the teams, knowing that you are not going to receive that face-to-face -face interaction. We want to almost over-communicate on, hey, this is what's being designed. This is what's being implemented. Here are the changes that, going, that are going to be coming. Um, so yes, again, more of an over-communication. Where I have seen the impact more, of course, is more related to the construction side um, of getting the teams out there in the field, you know, safety reasons. But other than that, um, I feel like design and our progress um, in mapping the 5G network has maintained. A few months ago, nobody predicted what was going to happen uh, today. But I would imagine that just in terms of communication, you just mentioned that this pandemic is going to probably forever change to a degree how we communicate with each other. Uh, there's going to be a lot more need for, say, home communication. Because, uh, uh, you know, again, I have kids. They're home right now and they are online learning and they are on these uh, various classroom chats. 
and I'm on a podcast right now with you. I mean, the amount of work that's being done on the communication network at my house compared to what it was just a couple of months ago is a dramatic difference. And I'm just curious as to will the technology that we're talking about today, is that going to play um, to the, the strengths of the possible future communications that are going to happen as a result of the pandemic? Sure. I think that this is honestly only expedited it. I think that this is what we were headed towards um, and being able to work from home, improving this communication. Uh, I will say, you know, when this first happened, um, we were very much worried about, um, you know, bandwidth. Like, am I going to be able to connect um, to the VPNs and everything here? But I think this is proving um, that it is possible. Yes, improvements do need to be made, but I feel like we may be in this state for a while, but if this state ends, I don't foresee this necessarily changing. If anything, it's proving that it is possible for us to still be successful. Will 5G become a growing part of the work you're going to be doing for 3GIS in the coming years? Or you know, what do you see as the length of time that uh, we're going to be getting everybody up to speed with 5G before we start to look at implementing a 6G? It's, it's hard to say right now just from, from how quickly uh, things are changing. Um, I feel like, yes, 5G will be um, a part of my daily work probably for the next couple years. But again, it's just it's going to be ever evolving. And I don't really know necessarily what to expect because it changes um, so continuously. So, you know, we started this conversation and talked about the past decade. And you saw a lot of uh, technology leaps that GIS made. Do you see that uh, rapid expansion in the next several years? Or do you see that uh, GIS technology expansion kind of slowing down? Where do you think this is all headed? I absolutely think that it's still going to continue to grow at a fast pace. But what I'm seeing more now um, is now that you have that standardized GIS um, centric, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, businesses are now able to tie in their own applications. So we're seeing that a lot that, um, okay, you have your standardized designs, but now um, your project controls um, wants this aspect of reporting, your, your, your finance group wants something else. So I see a lot of the tie-ins going into GIS. Now, with that being said, I also see GIS um, expanding more towards AI um, and being able to um, automate designs even further. And then also using AI for other things such as field data capture. So really, um, you are um, reducing the amount of resources that are needed to drive these networks by using um, new technology. This connection between GIS and AI, I think you've just introduced a potential next uh, podcast <laughs> topic. That's That could be a very fun one to get into. But uh, Julia, before I let you go, is there anything else that you think we should cover? I, I just really first wanted to thank you for the, the opportunity to talk about my experience in GIS um, within the telecom ent- industry and how it has provided me with this opportunity to work for a company like 3GIS. So, I mean, GIS is truly my passion. And I, I just hope by sharing this, um, it may inspire others to look into GIS opportunities that are not only in telecom, um, but other industries as well. Well, that's what I think is so cool and why I wanted to ask you about 
how you got your start and where you discovered your passion for GIS because, uh, you know, again, when you went into college, you weren't sure what you wanted to do. And then, you know, through the magic of taking a course, you got excited about something and now, you know, you're making it into a successful career. And this is definitely a career that there's a lot of potential for the future. I mean, this is technology that's rapidly expanding and changing. And I think it is a lot of cool things for, you know, say, kids in college today or just thinking about what they might want to do to explore the potential of really cool technology. Absolutely. Yes. Well, Julia, this has been wonderful. Um, and I really thank you for uh, taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you, James. I appreciate it as well. Well, I want to thank Julia Tepley, Product Solution Specialist at 3GIS. Julia, thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this installment of Fiberside Chat, a 3GIS podcast. If you like what you heard and want to check out more episodes, hit the subscribe button. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on MarketScale.com. Don't forget to leave a comment and a rating wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, James Kent. Let's talk again soon.